Welcome to the Launchbox Podcast. I'm Anjali, and I can't wait for you to get to know plant-based kitchens from around the globe. Every episode will unpack inspiring stories and delicious menus of spots that are guaranteed to be your next food experience. Welcome to the podcast, Monica and Romanas. I am here sitting in Copenhagen and you are sitting in your restaurant in Lithuania and the restaurant is called Vieta. Can you introduce yourselves to us? Yes, of course. We are Monica and Romanas. We are owning and running the small restaurant in Vilnius Old Town. It's a vegan place and one of the uh, it is one of the oldest vegan vegetarian restaurant in Old Town. It's almost like 12, 12 years or something like that. And it became vegan in this year, June. From June we became 100% vegan. So what was it before? Was it vegetarian or did you have other um, meat on the menu? No, no, there wasn't. It was like vegan slash vegetarian cafe. So this is what I am amazed at because I've also had a conversation with one of the um, cafe restaurant in there, actually cafe, and they've been there for 10 years and you're telling me it's 12 years. You were way ahead of the wave in terms of plant-based kitchen. How has it been for you guys? Well, there's like some other story because um, we own Vieta only for about... Three and a half years, something like that. Almost four years. But before there was some other owners. There was three girls who started this place. And I think they even had like fish on one day or something like that. Yeah, Thursdays or something like that. So it was like pescatarian then vegetarian vegan and now it's vegan so it's kind of like this i think and yeah and we jumped just three and a half years ago in Mm -hmm. this but it was the same the same vibe i I even think and everything like that yeah so we try to keep it or improve right from taking over the restaurant from two girls or previous owners what was your deciding moment you know to, okay, we'll take over this restaurant and why go fully plant-based vegan kitchen? Oh, it's a long story probably. No, we want a long story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably it became a long time ago at a party when we barely knew each other. Uh, We just talked and we... And we just tell tell each other that we want to have a restaurant. I want to have a restaurant. Me too, I want to have a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, you know, so I'm the person you have to be and have a restaurant, la, 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 la. And uh, after a few years or something like that, maybe, um, we went to Iceland, uh, like uh, separate people. <laughs> yes, so we went there separately, but came back together as a couple already. Wow. And then it was obvious that we have, must have a restaurant <laughs> together. And Monica was already... At the path of vegetarianism. Yeah. And everything. She involved me as well. So it was obvious that we want to have vegetarian or vegan place. Uh, and we thought first just to start from the big, from the bottom. Yeah, to launch the restaurant mm-hmm. by ourselves mm-hmm. from the beginning. But then we looked 
to all the procedures, all the prices, how much it costs to create a kitchen and everything. And then we decided maybe to look for some other paths. And then we, we found some websites where people sell their businesses. And we saw that uh, somebody's selling uh, vegetarian vegan restaurants. So we thought, okay, maybe uh, this is the restaurant. <laughs> this is the place. It, it's such a cool story to look back into. It's It seems seren- serendipitous like you meeting as strangers and then going as two separate people to Iceland and coming back and all of this also started with you know the desire to have your own restaurant someday one day and what are the odds actually finding a vegan restaurant in a website that highlights I'm not sure like is, is that a huge thing back there no it's not like really. at that moment when we bought it I think nobody, know. or maybe the one restaurant, like Rose Hip, maybe? Yeah, there were a few, maybe. Maybe few one even vegan restaurant. Vegetarian, vegan, we have more, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, it's just. <laughs> well, we were, we were looking to other places, like we were thinking if we buy some, like, uh, restaurant with meat mm-hmm. or fish, then we would turn it to vegan or vegetarian. But we, we got lucky. <laughs> It was already vegetarian, vegan place. Yeah. And so did you take over including the name, the menu, the branding? Because I guess it was easier at that point. And since people already have existing customers, right? Uh, what was your process? Yeah. So we started started 1st of March. Mm, it was hard <laughs> because we like, jumped into that because uh, some chefs had to help us to come in that and show us how it's mm-hmm. how everything is to working get involved with everything and stuff like that but they get sick oh no <laughs> yeah so we were like okay so we were just we were just thrown into the <laughs> action straight ahead <laughs> It was kind of difficult at the beginning, but of course, it was good school. <laughs> yeah, because you have to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, because like um, those persons were selling it, so this place was a bit like, well, a bit like abandoned, a bit like shabby and everything. Mm. And little by little, we started to recover it. Yeah, we took the over the menu and everything. The name, the menu, yeah. even the, uh, the, the staff was working, yeah. so we took it too. But then little by little, we tried to improve and change things and stuff like that. That it would be our restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. eight times to do that. Yeah. So uh, the menu the same. We just improved probably something changed. Yeah, but we started to put some some new, new things, things like, yeah. one by one. So, like we were working at that time. We were working at dinner time as well. Mm-hmm. So we would involve some new burger. Then there was nut steak. Then beetroot carpaccio and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's a natural process as well to eventually change menu yeah. Um, yeah i can't imagine you being thrown into taking over a full restaurant with the menu carried on and you did not have the chefs that's supposed to train you <laughs> do you do you have a kitchen experience well i was working like in hospitality sector i don't know since 2006 well i had like few summers working as a pizza baker mm. and then from 2010 i was more or less like 
barman, a waiter, then like mm -hmm. administrator. So I wasn't exactly a chef, but all the time, like for about 10 years or something, mm -hmm. or even more, I was in that. Yeah. So you're not a stranger to the hey. restaurant business. Yeah. And you, Monica? Yeah, it's the same to me. I was always working in a... Uh, I never worked in a kitchen before. I always was working like a waitress and a bartender or something like that. But at the last place, it was a bit kitchen and bartender. We were, oh, yeah, we were working. We were working at some couple in Iceland, and though we were wait waiters, like before that, we helped to prepare everything in the kitchen mm -hmm. as well, we were baking some cakes and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Also, it was a good school and good teachers for us because they were owners we were working all the time with the owners of that restaurant so yeah. it's kind of you've also seen how things are done in the kitchen but kudos to you guys for just jumping in <laughs> <laughs> did you have a gap from when you took over the restaurant on paper and taking it on a spin on the floor did you have a gap in terms of learning or setting up the space not really like the <laughs> buying process took a long time it was like i don't know four months or something like that wow. with all the accountants and business and stuff yeah, like yeah. that but then like we bought it from the first <laughs> of march <laughs> and we were the first of march <laughs> basically I'm gonna... ourselves. <laughs> i I have so much respect it's <laughs> hands hands down to you guys I can't imagine how it was but you know being in the field for 10 years or more for you Germanas I think there's also that sense that you're able to do this right you've, you've been there you've, you've lived in in the restaurant yeah, <laughs> in different surviving. restaurants for the last 10 yeah, years <laughs> so what was the point where okay, you realize that um, there's more work to do. Was it on building the menu or, you know, making the menu? Did you hire chefs eventually? He's, he became the chef. <laughs> yeah, still, basically, yeah, he's, uh... I'm still a head chef, stuff like that. But yeah, we do hire mm -hmm. chefs, which helps, or even before they were working only by themselves, we just teach them and stuff like that. But yeah, there was... A lot of things. I think. I think the hardest probably the paperwork or something like that in the restaurants. You mm -hmm. know, you're working like a waiter or the chef, and then you still have to do. Yeah, yeah. even you can enjoy working as a chef or mm -hmm. a waiter. As Monica is hostess as well, we kind of enjoy it. But then you have to find a time as well for to do all the paper things. And these all are the small tasks that could pile up and could be so frustrating because there are legal, you know, papers that needs to be right and done yeah. correctly. So imagine juggling this too. I also enjoy working on the floor. So I have uh, my two restaurant cafes that I'm, I'm running as well. And there's there's a lot of things there's a lot of small things and mm -hmm. if you're dealing with taxes or you're dealing with salaries you know it needs to be correct and then there's something cooking in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> or something is broken yeah yeah, yeah yeah but like eventually we i don't know how to say like splits some tasks mm -hmm. monica is responsible for some things i am responsible for other things and then we find time it's easier you know yeah it's it's healthy it's a, hel a healthy thing to divide tasks in terms of the challenges that you've had bringing people in because now you're two new owners 
was that difficult transition or was it a natural flow where people, oh, they know the restaurant, they just have new owners? Hmm. Maybe at the beginning, they, they seen that something was changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. because more and more people were coming. You oh, felt that's it. nice. And then they asked, you know, maybe you are the owner because they seen me more than Romanas use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the kitchen so I was like yeah me and my boyfriend la, 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 la. and then oh yeah I thought about that but you know because it was started so quickly yeah so everybody was like okay something is changing the food is yeah. different maybe a bit and everything like that so yeah now everyone knows Monica as a well as a part of Vieta <laughs> like made lots of friends she knows all like all the local customers she made lots of friends with them like even if the customer is not a friend monica knows if she's eating tomato or she's having bread with it with food or something like that so yeah now it's like true host hostess of the restaurant but this is what people like when they come in and their needs are being met even without them you know having to tell you Because then when they come in, you would just say, hey, is it the regular, right? Or uh-huh. you're, you're connecting with these people and this is what people like. And I think then they feeling kind of special, you know, after hard work, they coming in this place, um, you like home. Mm-hmm. Monica knows what you're eating, Romana is going to give really good food, you know, and everything like that, you know, and you're like, now you can relax and just eat and don't think. Too much you know about something three years and a half after also being in the middle of the covid 19 pandemic how was it for you back then and now this is a big question to, yeah. to digest because everybody suffered one way or another as a business mm-hmm. and yeah, as a yeah. restaurant right so it was hard uh because We had to work just two of us. Yeah, we let all the employees to, how is it called, downtime or something like mm-hmm. that. When they get salaries, but they don't actually work. Because okay. then the government paying you, but if they're right. working, they're not paying right. you. Yeah, right. there was so, help from the government. And we can just take, uh, the food have to be just take away or, mm-hmm. or yeah. we have like bolt, bolt, I don't know. If you yeah, know. yeah. 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 Platforms which yeah. deliver food. Yeah, so, and, and they take so much commission. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, so it's almost uh-huh, and it's not worth everything it. Everything you can do, you know, you cannot just survive without them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you, you know. Yeah, at the first lockdown, at first wave of COVID, we closed for a bit, like for... A month or two. Something like that. But yeah, it was like a nice holiday for us. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> Well-deserved <laughs> holiday. <laughs> But then we realized that, okay, that financial <laughs> situation, situation is not so good. So, yeah, we have to go and work. <laughs> so, yeah, there was like the first wave finished. Then was a small gap when we could let customers in. But they have to But be, still, you know, with masks. Like, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there could be like five people in the restaurant probably at one time because wow. our place is very small. And then the second wave came. So then we let all the employees to this downtime mm-hmm. for like six or seven months we were working five days a week. a week and like 14 hours a day something like that just wow <laughs> just <Yeah>. surviving <laughs> just surviving yeah because the 
the rent yeah. and everything like that still, yeah. still you have to somehow it seems like worse than you first started <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that was the part which you told before like it's uh, strengthened us together like mm-hmm. as a couple and as a mm-hmm. co-workers and everything and then we just had to do everything so yeah. we stuck together so then it But strengthened it, us yeah mm-hmm. it was good and at the same time it was kind of nice we were giving food to the customer through our window you know uh I people people are coming to talk with Monica just through the window you know <laughs> And they're saying, I hope you, you're gonna stay and la la la. They were so, you know, open and helpful. And they're saying, we can give you money in advance. If you need, just let us know and la 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 la. So that really, you know, helped us to survive. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Everybody needed their dose of Monica. <laughs> Monica's conversation. <laughs> Even with masks on. Yeah, I mean. How is it post-COVID? It was strange, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, at the beginning, the same. It was not so many people because they had to sit just two meters from each other. At the same time, people maybe get used to sit and work and take away, you know, food or something like that. It needed time to, yeah. to come back. I don't know. It was really to nice to come back. But then as a challenge, the new challenge came up mm-hmm. for me as I looked to it is what was with the employees. Ah, and yeah. It became, people got used to this downtime <laughs> and stuff like that, or people changed their professions, like they started to do something with IT, or the, I don't know. And then it became really hard to find employees. Mm-hmm. Or like people wanted the very high salary, which we cannot pay. We try to keep our prices as low as we can. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to have fair prices. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it got us to this place where we are now. We started to do like only day menu mm-hmm. work. We open only from half past 11 to four o'clock. Mm-hmm. We just work me, Monica. And two and girls now. Two other girls, girls or two other employees, mm-hmm. which basically help. And it is much easier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're closing the door and that's it, you know at the same time too because sometimes people don't want to work or they get sick you still have to work again to cover mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That, yes and after yeah. the COVID we don't want to work that much hours <laughs> you know you're not alone in that experience uh, everywhere here in Copenhagen people where restaurants were hiring uh, constantly there's a very high turn- turnover even up till now because people have experienced how being in a lockdown where people really prioritized the values that they have, the passions that they have, and just living towards a goal or a profession that they really want to be in. And so there was almost that sense of people, they need and want to earn money, but also to live a well-balanced life somehow, right? And you know how hard it could be working in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It seems from, I think from a customer's perspective, it seems like easy, <laughs> but it's uh-huh. not easy. Just the bar alone has too many things to take care. Yeah, it's, it's you're not alone in that experience. It's, it had been an issue as well for us um, hiring not only the number X number of people, but the quality, right? The kind of people. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Motivated and everything like that. Yeah, and I have spoken to several plant-based kitchen owners, restaurants as well, and exactly the same thing. It's even very therapeutic to talk about this to each other because just assuring one another that you're not alone. Uh (laughs) How... Is it in terms of bottom line that you are now open shorter days? Is it better? I would think yes. Yeah. We get much, we get rest. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> and, important. Um, somehow the fina- financial part also feels really good. Like mm-hmm. we we used to have busy lunch. Mm-hmm. Now we, we get it even more busy. And yeah, because people know that you're there open only yeah. for a short yeah. time. Exactly. And somehow they found a the time or the way to yeah. come here. Not everyone is really happy. They say, oh, it would be really nice mm-hmm. if you would work at in, in the evening. Maybe we will sometime, but at the moment, it's a bit too hard for us. Mm-hmm. So we just do this. And yeah, as I say, like it's better for us uh, physically, psychologically, and stuff like that. And financially, basically, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Wow. Strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In the evening, you just lock the door and it shut down. So it's your time. Like no one will call. Oh, electricity is gone. Oh, that is <laughs> something like that. So much peace. Yeah. And then you have more time to create something new, maybe even you know, because then you're just running, 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 and you like you can get tired even of this place, mm-hmm. you know, like because it gets too stressful for you. Mm-hmm. So you have identified yourself as a launch place or a launch now, branch place, yeah? For the moment, something like that. We have time to think. We always wanted, like, maybe to expand a little bit or go to a bigger place or maybe mm-hmm. open another one. And we never had time for that. But now we, little by little, we are starting to think about it or plan it. <laughs> we have time. Yeah, because there's a lot of creativity when you rest, Uh when you're able to have space and time to yourselves. I don't know if I can say that you did the brave decision because it's a risk, right? Yeah. It's a risk of maybe losing customers or maybe losing money because you're only opening at a certain time. So it's it's kind of 50-50 whether to succeed or not. But you did that anyway. And look at you, just happy sitting down (laughs) in your cafe. So let me go to the vibe of your place and the inspiration of your menu. People like me who I haven't been to your place. What can people expect when they come in and the kind of menu that you have developed over time? Okay, so probably I would talk about the the wipe because I'm the host. And uh, Ramana's then gonna talk about food. So the vibe is, I don't even know how to explain this, kind of like home or something like that. You're feeling safe here. Everybody knows each other, you know, like because people are coming, they are locals and they are coming every day almost. So they know each other and they know me and us. How many sitting spaces do you have? So the place is very small. It's like uh, five, six tables. Okay. About 20? 20, 25. Can, yes. We, mm-hmm. we can fit if we really want to. But, but everybody's sitting with each other. You know, 
if you came alone, so I can bring you some person who is alone, and then if they you don't mind, right. and it helps that people know each other somehow. Yeah, yeah, and usually, you know, they are or from the same place, like university is not so far away, or president house not so far away. So a lot of people from those places coming here. So yeah, because this is in the city center, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like an old town. But it's a nice, nice, uh, nice street. Yeah, like a small, quiet street. So you like in a city center, but at the same time, you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Location is everything. Yeah, exactly. So about the menu. So I think it's Romanas because it's him who's behind the kitchen. <laughs> okay, so about the menu. Um, yeah, so now we do like on the lunch, day lunch. Something like that. We just every day we make everything something else. Like of course, sometimes uh, foods, some meals repeat themselves. But we just try that basics of the menu is like we try to make nice homemade food. Mm-hmm. So it's like more like country style kitchen or like homemade food. Yeah. And for us, the biggest compliment is when people, especially with the soups, they say, "Oh, it's." They try the soup and they say, "Oh, it's like." My mother's, but it's better. <laughs> so that that's what we aim for. What a what a compliment! And then even for the from the meat eaters or something like that, it's very nice to hear. Oh my god, I didn't thought mm-hmm. that it can be so nice, and you tricked us, you know, and la 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 la. Yeah, so try to make rich food, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't know makes you like. Not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah, because the portions <laughs> are quite good. And because we're getting soup and a main course. Wow. Like there is a deal. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So now I understand why people come there every day because the menu changes. So you have sort of like a dish of the day. Yeah, it is like in a summer, it's two soups. Yeah. In summertime, we have two kinds of soups. One is always the same because mm-hmm. like it's traditional Lithuanian Whole beetroot soup. Yeah, whole mm-hmm. beetroot, like the pink one. So uh, just we make it vegan way. Mm-hmm. And then like the hot soup, it changes every day. It could be like traditional Lithuanian soup. It could be some kind of Asian or Mexican mm-hmm. soup. It could be like mashed soup, you know, like mm-hmm. cream or something. So yeah. And then and you have the main. Yeah, then usually we have two kinds of main courses. So we try to make three. Then like you can have like a big bowl of salad mm-hmm. with something like with some kind of topping which changes every day. The basic of the salad is always the same. Mm-hmm. But the topping could be like guacamole or hummus or che- uh, vegan cheese or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Then another main course usually is some kind of like a stew or pasta or something that comes without salad. Mm-hmm. The third main course is something that comes with a side of salad as well. So it could be like some cutlets, koftas, uh, falafels, falafels, mm-hmm. buddha bowl even. Yeah, we, we do buddha bowl sometimes. So yeah. This is so filling. This is not a, a salad that is light and then they go back to work. <laughs> feeling needing you know something else or a snack in the afternoon what is the price range when it comes to the combo that you have because i mean wow uh so for the with hot soup it costs 650 and with cold soup it's 750 mm-hmm. and the main course just main course is 550 so it's kind of if you have it without soup yeah so it's one euro for the soup if you're taking them so it's kind of nice deal for you 
it is very nice deal. So eventually people would also have the soup. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah. But they sometimes they're feeling so full or something like that. They're saying it's going to be enough just <laughs> just a main. Or sometimes they, have, they can have like half portion of soup. Then mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how much that costs. Then it's six, six euros, so, you know, like. Yeah, if you want smaller portion of soup. Wow. It's such a focused kitchen. And I've been to Czech Republic and they're also doing one restaurant that I went to was also doing this. So they only have two dishes of the day and they also open from, I think, 11 and then four o'clock. And it's kind of works right for them as well. But just being in the kitchen and basically playing with what you have or, you know, your creativity being constantly challenged because you're providing different kind of food every single day Mm. so people don't get bored and probably you too (laughs) it's also very interesting try to experiment and i don't look very strictly with with food you know like some people say like curry should be like this but for me what is curry i just Mm -hmm. (laughs) improvising yeah like even the curry like every day you can make it differently and stuff like that so from lunch all the way to afternoon do you have other food like desserts or coffee or anything in between yeah so my mom is making desserts for us Mm. (laughs) so she's the dessert lady but the most popular is probably uh, homemade snickers bar yeah and we have coffee so sometimes after lunch if they have time they just sitting yeah. and drinking mm-hmm. coffee and eating desserts or they just taking it away or something like that you know with themselves so your main customer base are the people around the area and you mentioned about students mm-hmm. and just people working nearby yeah and tourists as well of tourists course. as well uh, lots of foreigners come mm-hmm. especially before, before covid this, probably yeah. but now this summer it was okay i would say mm-hmm. yes recovering already Mm -hmm. what's your outlook into the future given the fall and winter season coming are you going to stay with a time frame that you're open or are you playing with opening a new one (laughs) or longer open-minded to that i think yeah for the moment if nothing will turn around like mm-hmm. we are waiting for some like really motiv- motivated people um we don't mind even to have some partners that would join us and then okay then we ju- just really want to work only with motivated people and mm-hmm. if they turn up then we will just keep it like this right. at the moment because it's really hard i understand that we will see yeah Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that can be done, right? And it's nice that you have a space and time after four o'clock to sit down, relax, and think a little bit. I have seen on your Instagram how you were or are actively supporting Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you share a little bit of that mm-hmm. initiative and where you are at the moment when it comes to that? We created the pin badges. We even wearing it nice and you can buy them like we made even the stool and everything um you can buy them and donate the money and then we sending them all of the money all of the money you know 
or you can give a cash or you can just uh, donate in front of me, you know? If you mm-hmm. donate in front of me, it's okay. It's fitting. Just and... any kind of platform which supports Ukraine. We just want that people wouldn't forget about that. Even the mm-hmm. napkins on the table is blue and yellow. Right. I wall i write that the war is not over i'm counting the days of the war you know like but mm-hmm. everybody would know that it's not over you know like have we have to do something or at least don't forget don't be so comfortable in, yeah in our world where it's yeah. so safe and everything like that so mm-hmm. we even tried to employ few ukrainians but it was like at the beginning it was some kind of chaos and mm. Um, there was lots of bureaucracy obstacles mm. on the system. And, like they just. And what about language barrier? Also, I mean, it's the same thing in Copenhagen or in Denmark in general. That there's a lot of um, people coming from Ukraine, and the bureaucracy in terms of work permit, mm-hmm. they're just stuck in the system. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah. And they're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to carry out paid jobs. So it, it's such a shame because they, they are people that are really willing to work and have been active in the labor market and suddenly their lives have been uprooted, right? And yeah, lost almost everything that they have and being thrown into different countries or different environments that are completely new to them. But it's different when, you know, you start earning or you're you're standing on your feet. And it's yeah. such a shame. I, I don't even know if, if our government is somehow done when it when it comes to the processing great just just at the beginning there was Mm -hmm. as i say like a bit chaos but after that they even support the employers which they can yeah there are even some donations as well yeah yeah so so okay so what about now do you have people i know you mentioned you have two workers yeah they are latinians but no we we don't need now. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at the moment we had two girls, girls which wanted to work with us, mm-hmm. but then there was obstacles and they found for some time illegal jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the bureaucracy. Yeah. And uh, after that, they just got normal jobs. They got normally employed. Mm. And even we registered in, I don't know how you call it, like uh, like some employee department or something like that. Like a union? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, someplace, if you don't have a work, if you're unemployed, you can register right. there and they will uh, give you some kind of yeah, donation I get, I, and they will help you to find a work. I, we do have that system as well in, in Copenhagen. Something like employment. Like a job department. center or something. Yeah, yeah something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. then we are registered there, but... Um, Nobody I, called. Yeah, yeah, no one called mm-hmm. at the moment. At the moment, yeah. Maybe it's easier right now for, for them to actually find professions in in their fields yeah. and in Lithuania like people still understand a bit Russian so there's not that big problem with the language barrier so yeah. it's a bit easier with the cultural and language side but of course economically it's not, uh-huh. not too yeah good. <laughs> wow I'm just so impressed and well done how can people support you at the moment? I don't know. Motivated it's... workers. Yeah. <laughs> Motivated workers will come, but from the customer side, just mm-hmm. keep coming to eat. <laughs> keep coming but... because our customers are really nice and they helpful. I don't know what to ask more. They are really, they are even sometimes bringing their plates to the kitchen. Yeah, the... <laughs> kind of yeah like plates and stuff like that. So some kind they bring 
or bringing Great. from home even to give us to, or even, you know, or like some kind of like uh, some things they have too much in their garden. They drink like this uh, pumpkins. pumpkins and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's also kind of, it's like a community or yeah. something like that. Yes, it is. And people can be themselves here. You know, mm -hmm. they can, nobody gonna say something about nothing about them. You know, like you can be just what, who you are and that's it. And, I am so looking forward to be there to experience it myself. But before I want to ask you, three years and a half after a pandemic, a war, the rising of prices and the shortage of dedicated staff, why are you here and what keeps you going? I think this place, I don't know, it's somehow magical at the same time the customers who yeah, are the coming people. the people you we made a lot of friends in, with the customers we, yeah or some opportunities are coming or something like that i don't know and maybe we even have bigger plan it is just beginning of everything you know and you see that there is something you know mm -hmm. the feeling you can sustain yourself like you have your own work workspace mm -hmm. And you can live you can create, yeah, you know, you can create, you can play with it. It's a hard work, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of rewarding. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you see from the beginning the food or something like that, and then somebody eating and saying, Oh my god, it's so nice, and you're like feeling satisfied, Romanos. Yeah. <laughs> Romanos, where can people find you? Yes, yeah, so you probably in Instagram, you can call us through email or Facebook, but we like more, we found a word by word of mouth, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people would talk and talk and then that's how they know this place. This right. is the best, I think. The foreigners coming from America or something like that, they're saying one of our friends told us if you will be in Lithuania, you should be, you should come to Vieta, la, la, la. so that's the thing, you know. In your social media, you are called just Vieta for Instagram? Facebook is just Vieta. Instagram is sv.vieta. I think there's a special meaning to that, right? Before we end this conversation. What does the name stand for? Vieta. The meaning is the place. The and place. then there's this SV? It's like a saint. <laughs> saint. <laughs> <laughs> Because our street is Saint Ignota Street. Mm -hmm. So people just combine it in their heads and they... There's some sanctity or sacredness in the place. I think yeah. that's how people are sensing and feeling the, the vibe that is in there. That joy that just comes through by coming in and them just being comfortable and being themselves. And you guys look happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you so much for this episode. And... Yeah. It was easier than I thought, so it's <laughs> nice you are a good host too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And have a great you evening. You Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share it with others and spread the word. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Launchbox Podcast.